It's the 28th of October 2019 and this is HBR episode 2931 entitled Wallabag for On-Premises Article Aggregation. It's hosted by Be Easy and it's about 12 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, in this episode I describe my trials and eventual triumph in installing Wallabag. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, Hacker Public Radio fans. This is Be Easy once again with another episode. This one's going to be a short one just to briefly discuss a service that I just figured out, a really cool application uh, called Wallabag. It is, um, and I've had some struggles getting it installed, but I want to talk about how I finally did get it to work and what it is. Uh, so what is Wallabag? It is a replacement for things like uh, paper, paper or pocket, you know, a reader, a read it later server. So if you find something cool on the internet that you want to save for for later, instead of just saving it as a bookmark, you can actually save it with its, with the the content and maybe a a stripped down version of the, of the website without all the ads and some of the, like the comment section and all that stuff. And you can, uh, you know, go back to it at a later date. Now with pocket, the free version it goes to whatever the current version of the website is. Uh, but with the paid version, if that website ever goes down, you can, uh, it'll, it'll keep uh, HTML version saved on your, in your instance. Now, something I've been wanting to do, not for mostly just for, because I'm interested in, in, in learning things is, is I like to move a lot of services that you can find outside on premises using uh, open source software. And some of it is for privacy concerns. Some of it is just because, like I said, I'm just interested in it. So this was one of the ones I think I said to myself, you know what, once I found Wallabag, this is a perfect opportunity to, to finally replace uh, Pocket. It has a nice Android app that's available for, um, that's on the F-Droid and also in the Google Play Store. And so I'm like, well, and it also has uh, extensions that you can install for Firefox and Chrome. So in terms of my use case, you know, that's, those are all the use cases I had for pocket and then all the different ways I access it the same way as pocket. So I'm like, great, this will work. So I took one of my raspberry Pis, Like I've said in other shows, I have a, a set of four that are always on there in like a little array together. And one of them is a pie hole right now. And for, and another one is a Redis server because I play around with Redis sometimes. And then usually I also have another one that is a Postgres server and then one that is a, um, a web application server and the web application server wasn't doing anything right now. So I was like, well, let's do that. And I'll, 
And because one thing you can do is that you can sync, you can uh, copy over all of your pocket uh, links over to Wallabag with an import function that you can do in the background if you use either RabbitMQ or Redis. And I was like, well, I have a Redis server. This, so this is all looking really nice. Uh, it looks like it was Providence that this is going to work out for me. And then I go to the website and I follow the instructions. I get everything installed on, on the Raspberry Pi. And I get to the login page, login, change my p- password. So everything's working. It's hitting the database, working. Everything's fine. Then I go to my first site, which is my own website, um, my own company website. And just try to save the homepage. And it works. I'm like, great, this is working. Then I go to another one of the sites I just uh, had. I think it was a cybercity.biz site. And I go to it and it crashes. And I get a 500 error message. And then I say, well, that's no good. Maybe it's just that link. Let me go back and try a, a different page from my website. And I go to like my about page. Crash. So I'm like, why is it crashing? Then I start going through all these different sites and 95, 98% of the time it would crash. And then I started reading online about what what this error means. And I was like, well, maybe it's running out of um, FPM memory because it's a PHP app. And so I figure out how to increase the the max amount of memory. And it's still failing. I'm like, what's going on here? And I probably could have played around with it more with the PHP settings, but I'm not a PHP person. So I'm like, I wish this would just work, but it's not. Uh, And so I leave it alone for a while. I'm like, okay, maybe this thing is not going to work for me. I go back every once in a while and try to get something, get it to work a little bit more on the Raspberry Pi, Um, get it hooked up to my, um, my Amazon Fire tablet through F-Droid. I'm like, okay. So the cup, like the five or six um, sites that are on there, they do sync up. So if I ever do get it to work, the Android app works. So great. But the, I can't get it to work. And then one of the times I was on the site, instead of looking at the regular part of the documentation, I saw this as in the in- install instructions. And there's also a Docker container. So I'm like, okay, well, let me try one more time because I have another server on my network. It's actually a gigabyte bricks, like a older one of those little mini uh, computers, kind of like a Intel NUC. It's like an i3 with four gigs of RAM and like sixty gig hard drive. But I, it's it's running for the door thirty, and it and it has cockpit installed. I'll, I'll put a link to the cockpit. So it's it's a GUI that you can use to manage a, a bunch of, like that server and then other servers as well. If you just install a cockpit on them too. You can reach them all from like a single um, admin page. And so I do that because um, I'm already running a couple of other apps, a couple that I made myself and then a, uh, like a tiny, tiny RSS reader and some other things on there in, in, in uh, Docker. And so I'm like, well, let me try this. So I try to do my same setup. I try to mimic the setup that I have on, on Raspberry Pis on there. And I make a nice little Docker Compose file that looks like it's going to work and I get everything set up. I get to the, I, I try to get everything installed and it keeps on failing. It says it can't find the Postgres server for some reason. So I'm like, okay, I could either go figure out, like go back to Docker hub and try to figure out in the Docker file where the problem is and why it's, why it's not recognizing the network name. 
And I'm still new at Docker, so I'm like, yeah, do I want to put all this time in for this? I got work to do. So I'm like, well, if I if I start looking at all the different um, environment variables you can set, and it says, oh, yeah, if you just want to use uh, SQLite or SQLite, then don't set the name of the database you're using. Just leave it blank. And it'll and then just create a volume where you want to store the uh, like a, inside of a folder called w slash var slash www slash wallabag slash data and that's where the SQLite dot db file will live. I'm like, okay, well, let me just do that, and so I end up redoing the image, uh, my image to make it so that it uses SQLite. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not even going to try to make it use Redis. I want to just see if I can just do it by itself. And lo and behold, obviously it can find the database because the database is inside of the Docker image. It's just a, it's just a little file. Uh, and this is not going to be a problem for me because it's going to be a single-use system. And there's only like a thousand entries in my in my pocket um, t- um, service. So I'm like, this is going to work just fine. I get it all set up. I'm like, okay, it worked. I start to download. Everything's working. There, I'm not getting those. F- I, I wasn't getting those FPM errors or anything. And then I say, okay, well, let me try to sync everything without. I mean, let me do try to use the sync service. Maybe a thousand. It can do a thousand in the amount of time that it takes to do one HTTP request. And I try, and it doesn't. It only gets to like three hundred. So I'm like, okay, great. Maybe I am gonna have to set up Redis. But I'm like, well, let me first see if I, if I can set up my Fedora server, just let traffic coming through from that Redis server or my Raspberry Pi just come through. And I just set the environment variable to say the Redis server that you're looking for is over there. And lo and behold, it worked. And so I was able to finally get all my uh, pocket entries uh, migrated over to Wallabag. It's in use right now. I just read some articles this morning and archive them and so you know one of the things some of the things you can do it's a really good clone actually it it has the ability to to add tags so you can and then you can sort by your tags so i have like tags for you know learning about linux things about home improvement you know any any of the types of articles you want you just tag it you can add multiple tags to it um to a single article and so it's all working I'm going to include information to uh, to on how to set it up using Docker. Um, it, it was a great experience to get me a little bit more acclimated with th- things in PHP because I'm not a PHP developer at all. And every time I look at it, um, it makes my eyes bleed a little bit. But it was good to learn that there was another environment variable. So I did get a similar error, actually, when I would do the... Do the um, the sync it, because as it starts to do more and more, it starts to really build up in memory. So I had to increase the the FPM memory even in that Docker image. But the good thing is that instead of a Raspberry Pi where there's only what either half a gig or a gig of RAM, this is a um, a bigger computer with four gigs of RAM available. So it could balloon as big as it wanted to and actually finish the entire sync, uh, which was great. So, like I said, I'm going to keep put a link in the show notes for Wallabag and also for Cockpit. So, because if you use either CentOS or Fedora, but actually even Ubuntu on, on the server, and you like to have a a web 
a, a web facing admin page where you can do things in a UI. Um, I don't do everything there. Like I actually create all the Docker images using Docker Compose behind the scenes, but managing them and then actually connecting so I can actually look at the status of all my Raspberry Pis and everything from the same console. I, I, I like to do that from this console because all you have to do is install Cockpit on those other devices and they will appear. You can make them appear in your dashboard. So I'll put a link to that as well. And so just uh, that's it for this episode. I just want to share with everyone my experiences and and also share with you this great application. So that's it for this episode. And like I always say, keep hacking. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.